Today, we're going to continue in the book of Acts. Now, we're going to be evaluating over the next few days the story of a man named Stephen. Now, by the end of our time together in the life of Stephen, I believe you're going to be both encouraged and emboldened in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, and at the same moment, be absolutely and utterly heartbroken over what takes place in his life. We're going to see all these things kind of playing out over the next few days. Now, we're actually introduced to Stephen the other day when we were looking at the first deacons of this young church. You will remember there's a dispute that breaks out between the Hellenistic and the Hebraic Jews over the distribution of food. There's a division. And the 12, the apostles, they rise up and they say, look, this is, this is too much for us to have to worry about. Uh, why don't you appoint uh, seven men of good reputation for the Holy Spirit? And they can take care of these trivial matters and we can devote ourselves to the prayers and the preaching of God's word. And this suggestion, it pleased the entire company, and that's exactly what they do. They choose for themselves seven men. And the first name mentioned, the first deacon to ever be elected in the church was a man named Stephen. The Bible tells us his name in verse number five. It says the proposal pleased the whole company, so they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. So just consider uh, who this man is. In the early church, he, had, he stood out, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Now, we know about Stephen that he was a relatively young man. Most people put him in, in, the, in the 20-year-old category, somewhere in his 20s, a very young man, full of energy, full of zeal. And we see this energy and we see this zeal kind of kind of coming to the surface in chapter 6, verse number 8. The Bible says that Stephen was full of grace and power. And he was performing great wonders and signs among the people. And so this lets us know that not only was Stephen a servant of the church, meaning that he is serving people as a deacon and, 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 and helping to facilitate some of these trivial matters, but he was also a, a great Bible teacher and evangelist. He was also one that was standing and proclaiming in the public square the goodness of God and the grace of God. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit was actually using him to confirm the message of Christ. Great wonders and great signs were being performed by him. And we got to remember that that's the reason the wonders and the signs were taking place. It was the Holy Spirit's confirmation of of the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we think about this, the Bible says that some from what is called Freedmen's Synagogue, composed of both Cyrenians and Alexandrians and some from Cilicia and Asia, came forward and they began to dispute with Stephen. So now they're, 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 they're coming with him. They're debating him. And what are they debating him about? Well, just thinking about this and who these individuals are, they're debating him over the issues of Jesus. And as we've seen up for, through the first six chapters, more than likely debating him on the issue 
of the resurrection. But the Bible says in verse 10, they were unable to stand up against his wisdom and the spirit by whom he was speaking. Now let me remind you of the Lord Jesus Christ, who just before his death told the disciples, there's going to come a day where they're going to bring you before governors. They're going to bring you before kings. And they're, going to, and they're going to make you stand in defense of the gospel that you preach. And Jesus said, in those days, do not even prepare a defense for yourself. For the Holy Spirit will give you words that not even your adversaries will be able to contradict. And here is Stephen, this young man full of grace, full of the power of the Holy Spirit. And what is he doing? He's debating with those from the synagogues on issues concerning salvation in Jesus. And the Bible says they're unable to stand up against the wisdom that he's speaking with because the Holy Spirit is the one speaking to through him. Let me just remind you, dear friends, you are called to stand in defense of the gospel. And when you are called to stand in defense of the gospel, allow the Holy Spirit of God to speak through you. Now, remember this. If you're going to allow the Holy Spirit of God to speak through you, you need to be in the book. You need to know what the Bible says. You need to have a biblical knowledge of Jesus, a biblical knowledge of salvation, a biblical knowledge of the law. You need to know these things so that when these moments come, the Holy Spirit can can give you words from Scripture that you can in turn use against those who are coming against you. If you get in the book, and you begin to memorize scripture and you begin to really study out doctrines and you begin to study out theology and those things, I promise you, as you grow deeper in your faith, the Holy Spirit will continue to give you greater and greater platforms to stand in defense for him. And so just get in the book and then let the Holy Spirit of God speak in you and speak through you. And if you do that, I promise you that he is going to use you. Now watch what happens here in verse 11. It says, they persuaded some men to say, we heard him speaking blasphemous words against Moses and God. And these folks from the synagogue, they stir up the people, the elders and the scribes. And so they came and they dragged him off and they took him to the Sanhedrin, that Jewish Supreme Court, and they present false witnesses against him. Doesn't this sound like what they did to the Lord Jesus Christ? And they say, this man does not speak, does not stop speaking blasphemous words against this holy place in the law. For we heard him say that Jesus, this Nazarene, will destroy this place and change the customs that Moses handed down to us. And so now they are falsely accusing Stephen of blasphemy. And what does the Bible say? And all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen and saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Isn't that an amazing verse? They saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Well, let me just tell you two things about angels. Number one, angels are worshipers. Angels live in the presence of God. And their faces shine forth the glory of God because they stand in his presence day and night. They are worshipers. When you look at Stephen and they look intently at him, 
There is something different about this man. He is standing in the presence of God and his face is shining forth the light of the glory of God that can only come upon one who is in an active relationship with him. Those members of the Sanhedrin, they know nothing about this. They're living up to a standard of the law. But Stephen is a man full of the grace and the Holy Spirit. He's a worshiper. So in this moment, his face is beaming a a light as if he were standing in the very presence of God. But the second thing we know about angels is they are warriors. They are sent out to accomplish the work of God. And so as Stephen stands there, not only does he have a faith a face set of worship, but Stephen also has this, this appearance as a warrior, one who is going to stand boldly for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so they look at him and they realize that he looks like, his face looks like the face of an angel. Friends, what do people see when they look at you? Do they see the evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life? Friends, I would encourage you today to get in the book, stand in the presence of God, and allow Him to use you as one who stands boldly for the gospel of Jesus. What do they see when they look at you? What a thought for us all today. May God bless you, and I'll see you next time on New Horizons.